Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. there everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of on to the next one as we are talking about the what's next following ufc london which went down saturday afternoon some early day mma at the o2 arena we had not the most thrilling card compared to the ufc's first visit of the year in march we had a main event with absolute heartbreak and the two big stars from March's events delivered in spades. So this is an emotional roller coaster ride for all of us. And truth be told, I am doing this from a Wahlburgers at Logan Airport in Boston, Massachusetts, getting ready to hit a hit a flight back home to see my wonderful family. And I didn't get to watch a lot of UFC London, but I am Mike Heck. I don't know if I said that. And joining me as always is the best friend, just the best friend who's changed his whole schedule around just so we could do this and get this done for you, Mr. AK, Alexander Kaylee. Hello, my best friend. I got you, my best friend. I got you. I got you. I know uh, I know you've been, uh, yes, you've been unable to, uh, you know, cover, cover this weekend's event. Uh, it was, as you may have heard and, and partially seen, uh, you know, yeah, not, not the sequel to UFC London, uh, the March version that many people were hoping for. Uh, we were kind of trading all these messages back and forth in Slack, kind of talking about like, oh, it, it really feels like it suffered from the sequel curse. It's overly long. Uh, you know, some of the storylines didn't play out as they'd hoped. It still hit. It's still, as you just mentioned, it still kind of hit the important notes. It still kind of hit a lot of crowd pleasing notes, which again, which is most sequels managed to pull off. Um, and the UFC got some, got a lot of the footage they needed from Patty Pimblett, from Molly McCann. From some up and comers who were kind of stuck in this really crammed prelim portion of the show, like Nathaniel Wood and Muhammad Makayev, guys you would have liked to see and get some some microphone time afterwards. But uh, they did again. It was eight prelims in that were running like two hours, three hours, and uh, sure enough, it kind of bled over into the, ES, the ESPN Plus main card portion. But uh, yeah, so not not definitely not a great card. I saw some people saying like they kind of enjoyed it. I'm assuming they didn't sit through every prelim fight. Um, we got some competitive fights. We got some good performances, but excitement-wise, nothing that was close to matching what happened uh, in March. Yeah, it was like probably like going to a Billy Joel concert, and you're expecting Piano Man and all the big all the big hits, and you get '80s Joel, which is which is fine. There's nothing wrong with '80s Joel, but you came looking for for the big hits, the '70s Joel, like the the big smashes, and it was like he encored with Piano Man and maybe mixed in a second song or she's got a way about her and the people went home somewhat happy and then they ended with for the longest time like come on now like you can't do that first Billy. of all that well, i was also gonna say and also probably you know throw in also here's some new material here's some material from new material from upcoming <laughs> albums so it's never a good sign uh i dare i enjoy i quite enjoy the song uh what was it would you say just the way you are no that's a great song um, oh, what did you say? for the longest time oh i like that song too 
little doo-wop, like little doo-wop, Joel. I love, well, I love doo-wop in general. I love a lot of Billy Joel songs, so I'm the wrong person to ask here. But I, your point is made, yeah. You, like, tell her about it? Is that a jam for you, too? Uh, it's not my favorite song, but it's, uh, I, I, it gets me going. Yeah, I mean, how can it not? You're just like, oh, I haven't heard that song for a while. But uh, let's get into this thing. Let's talk about how this event ended. It ended in heartbreak. I feel like we've been saying this a lot lately on these fight night cards, but Curtis Blades gets the victory over Tommy Aspinall. What a heartbreaking way to end the card. Aspinall hurts his knee, and the fight ends in like 15 seconds. It was just one thing, and down he goes, and that was it. And Curtis Blades gets the victory. He says he's not going to do the rematch because he doesn't want to risk the ranking. I don't blame him for that, and Curtis is probably going to want to be a little more active because you don't know how long... Tommy Aspinall is going to be out for, but just pure heartbreak for Tommy Aspinall, AK. But in the end, Curtis Blades gets it done in the most Curtis Bladesy way possible. You know what I mean? Like the man just can't get himself over. It's not his fault. It just kind of happened, and here we are. Now what? Now what do we do with uh, with the Razor Man? Well, this is something we mentioned on the preview shows. That listen, uh, this is likely like the first it was supposed to be anyway the first leg of an unofficial you know number one contender slash interim heavyweight title fight uh situation and we said Blade, whoever wins should fight the winner of tai tuivasa versus cedil gun at uc paris september 3rd and then again and then you put those guys in an interim title fight uh because we don't know when france is coming back if, if ever so um i'm sticking with that however mike i'm being even more specific i'm not saying blaze versus the gun tuivasa winner I'm saying Blades versus Tuivasa after he beats Cyril Gan at UFC Paris on September 3rd. I'm calling my shot. I could get the point either way, uh, you know, by saying, oh, yeah, the winner of... No, no, no. I'm calling my shot. Tai Tuivasa wow. will, be fighting, will be fighting for UFC title, interim or otherwise, after he beats Cyril Gan. Damn. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I dig it. I dig it. And I mean, I, I you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm piggybacking you. Friends forever. Friends forever. Friends We're doing forever. It. I mean, yeah. Tai Tuivasa will not be denied until he actually has a UFC title wrapped around his waist. It might take a long time for him to get there, but I think he's going to get there at some point. And what a story that would be. It's just this whole heavyweight picture seemed so clear three months ago. And now I have no idea what's going to happen. Are we going to get John Jones versus Stipe? I don't know, man. Like, I was pretty confident that we would. And now I'm feeling like Stipe's about to just get brushed aside here. You know what I mean? I think at this point, it's the end of July. This fight is not on the books. Like, if I'm the UFC, I'm just focusing on getting Francis on board. And the first fight you do is Francis versus John, right? Like, what are we waiting for? Like, if you have the chance to book that, just do it. Because getting John to put pen to paper twice and actually make it to two fights in, like, a seven, eight-month span, you're asking a lot. That's a very risky proposition. So I'm with you. Blades gets the winner. I'm going with Ty Ty to just to get it done because that would just be such an MMA thing to happen. And mm -hmm. I'm all about MMA chaos at this point, AK. And we move to the co-main event. And we wish, of course, Tommy Aspinall to heal up and get back yes. in there and he's handling this like an absolute champion uh which is not surprising whatsoever for tommy yeah. hospital we, we don't know exactly what the injury is on the broadcast they were kind of speculating mcl uh medial collateral ligament and that was corroborated by the way by one of our listeners uh of course not that they were on site or anything but i do want to shout out our man at nicklinville who is uh currently studying medicine in uh in in michigan uh, he said, think it might be ACL, if not more. Looked like he was, he was holding the inside of the knee, so medial ligament could be the culprit. So thank you, thank you, uh, Nicklinville, for just sort of um, you know chiming, chiming in there, giving us all your expertise on, on what could happen. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, he'll be back by 20, early 2023, second quarter 2023, the latest. That would be, that would be a great thing. Let's move on to the co-main event, AK. Your man, the action man. Will not heel be in turn. the MMA fight. Not, will not heel be turn. Yeah, he turns heel, at least for a moment. <laughs> he will not be entering the MMA fighting no, global rankings because Jack Hermanson was like, I hear what all of you are saying, and I don't know what any of you are talking about. And he just went out there and he pieced up Chris Curtis for 15 minutes. Sweeps. The, I, 
I scored a 30-27 watching it. I only watched three fights on this card. Patty, uh-huh. the co-main events, because I already knew what happened in the main event, so I didn't watch that. And I watched JSP's fight. That's sure. it. Those are the only ones that I watched. So uh, I thought Hermanson won all three rounds. I think the scores were two 29-28s and a 30-27, but I could be wrong. But Hermanson gets it done. The man needed to win badly. And to me, after this performance, let's just try to rebook Darren Till. If Darren Till could fight in the next six months. Give the man the Darren Till fight. He's been trying to get it for months now. Every time it happens, there's just, there's just been some bad luck. So, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Let's just go back to Darren Till and hope it happens. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Till kind of, you know, gave an update, like, saying why he wasn't cornering um, Chris Curtis and then sort of said, I got to focus on my health, but didn't really specify what exactly the issue was this time. So, yeah, as far as we know, he could be ready to fight in a month. He could be ready to fight, I don't know, six months from now. Very hard to tell with him. He's just got a lot of wear and tear on him, I think, uh, which is sort of what he's implying, which makes sense. He kept a pretty busy schedule there for a while um, until, of course, that rash of injuries, but just, you know, kept very much limited his his uh, octagon appearances over the last couple of years. Uh, I think Hermanson has kind of established himself as this middleweight gatekeeper, but very high level. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm ready to keep throwing those kind of guys at him. Uh, DDP, Jerkis Duplessis, I think uh, I think Jerkis deserves the top 10 guy. Hermanson held on to his top 10 spot. I don't know how Hermanson moves back up, but boy, he keep if he keeps fending off these uh, these up-and-comers at 185, it feels so weird to call either Jerkis or Chris Curtis an up-and-comer, but up-and-comer in the UFC. Uh, if he keeps fending them off, then, uh, you know, hey, maybe, maybe he'll get his own chance again. To, to jump back into the to jump into the top five so yeah i like him in ddp by the way mike uh you know one problem with the hermanson curtis matchup i forgot curtis is a welterweight i know He's a welterweight. Right? i mean he he looked small he looked small and that's not I, i'm not saying that's the only reason hermanson won hermanson striking was amazing but uh yeah that was that was an advantage that i had totally forgotten about i'm like on paper i'm like isn't chris curtis better than him and i'm like man when you're giving up a little bit of reach a little bit of length a little bit of size poundage everything it definitely makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. And Hermanson is an elite middleweight, and Chris Curtis uh, still has a lot to prove if he if he decides to stay at 185. Yeah, I saw a lot of people were like, "Well, this is the small cage," but I mean, Chris has wanted both. He won in in mm-hmm. the big cage. He won at MSG mm-hmm. um, against Phil Haas, who's not a small middleweight in his own right. So I mean, yeah, listen, Jack looked great. Chris had. Chris just didn't have it. He, I mean, I'm not blaming. I'm not saying like, oh, Chris, it was a bad off night for Chris. This is a great night for Jack. And I honestly, like, after watching those 15 minutes, I think on Chris Curtis's best night ever, he's gonna have a hard time winning that fight. So, yeah, yep. yeah great forwards from Jack Hermanson. We all must have forgot. And uh, two of the nicest guys in the sport getting after it. Chris Curtis turned heel for a moment, but kind of then doubled down on the heel turn, and then was like, you know what, Jack's. I'm a mean dude, and Jack's, like, super nice, so I shouldn't have said that. And uh, <laughs> he turned kind of back into a baby face. But yeah, you know he felt, you know he genuinely felt bad after. Yeah. You know that. He was, a little, he was a little salty, and then, uh, you know, put a little sugar on that salt. He's all set. Mm-hmm. Now we evened him out. Uh, speaking of baby faces, there is no bigger baby face in London than Patty the Batty Pimbled right now. Goes out there, treats Jordan Levitt accordingly, and I, I you know what, AK? This was the best performance of Patty Pimblett's career. Like, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This was the best performance of Patty the, Pim- Patty the Batty's career. But I ain't sold yet, and I ain't even near being sold. Like, I haven't even walked into the car dealership yet to even think about buying a car. I haven't test-driven anything. I haven't even, like, I barely looked online at what is actually on the lot before I actually drove up there. Like, this is a great performance from Patty, but this is against Jordan Levitt. And I like Jordan a lot. Nice guy. Jordan's not going to be fighting for any belts. Jordan's probably like a top 50 guy in this division. And Patty struggled with him early on in this fight. Patty comes through, lands the big knee, gets the submission, place goes bananas. This is maybe the toughest one for me. I landed on one, and I'm still not even happy with it because if I'm the UFC, I am just booking this dude against the 55th ranked guy every single time. Like, wh- whoever that is, that's who Patty fights. Just get him over, get him wins, let the crowd go bananas, let him say ins- inspirational things on the microphone. Like, this is an A-plus night for Patty Pimblett. But some of the suggestions that I've seen, some of the things that people have sent me, saying, let's throw him in there with a top five guy, a top 10 guy. I'm like, 
after this performance, do you want this man to die in the octagon? You want to throw him in there with Armand Sarukian? Are you guys insane? What are you watching? Like, what sport are you watching? Because it's not MMA, it's not the UFC. And the fact that you want to throw this guy in there with Armand Sarukian, you're insane. Like, you're absolutely off your rocker right now. So, I'll give you my pick in a moment. This is the toughest one for me by far, because I have no idea how high or how much lower I want to go to this point, because how you book Patty is very simple in my eyes, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on what you saw and where Patty goes from, from this victory. Uh, first of all, I'm going to have to say this in every show. I guess I'm the number one Patty Pimlet defender, which is weird because personally I'm, I'm not a fan of the guy, though his uh, post by speech was outstanding on uh, Saturday. Very, very important message for anyone who missed it. Uh, very, he had lost a friend. He had recently lost a friend to suicide and sort of just kind of spoke out and said, listen, for everyone out there, if you, you know, if you ever feel, you know, you need to talk to someone, please do it. Talk to someone, talk about your problems. It was a wonderful message. He talked about it more in the post-fight press conference. So, uh, well done, Patty. Because he, he, he has such a huge platform. So to use his platform to to spread an important message like that, uh, a, like you said, A-plus marks all around. Just well done. Um, but I, I, and I will say, just talking about his fighting ability, I, st I still think he's a lot better than people think. Everyone's like, he has no chance of doing this, no chance of doing that. I actually picked against, I, even I picked against him. I, I picked Levitt. I thought Levitt was going to win a decision uh, and certainly looked like he could have. And, and if you ran this fight back a bunch of times, I don't know. I don't think Levitt gets gets beaten like every time. I think they're they're pretty evenly matched. Uh, home field advantage, I think, is a thing with certain fighters. And I think it is with Patty Pimblett. I think if you run that back at like the apex with no one there, it's like, I don't know if he has that kind of same kind of juice, but he's definitely resilient. I don't know if he realizes himself that like maybe it is his lot in life to kind of have struggles early on and come back to win. That might just be who he is. He might be kind of a Forrest Griffin thing. He needs adversity to kind of wake him up. And that's not the worst thing to trait to have. Forrest Griffin became a UFC champion. I don't know if I put Pimblet there, but I do think he's better than he's being given credit for. And he's so famous that because he, he might not live up to that fame, people are you know more critical of him, his uh, fighting ability than they should be. So that's a whole other thing. But I agree, top five is insane. Top 10 is insane. Even top 20, I'm, I'm not I'm not there yet. The highest I went in my rankings, I want to be specific, very specific with this, is a fighter who is, oh, top 30. So I did, I did I, I dipped into the top 30. That's where I think Pibla can go now. That's the next step for him. Another grappler, another guy who I think is going to give him troubles early and could beat him, Joe Selecki. I'm, I'm muted. I apologize. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. I'm going lower on the totem pole. Uh, this guy's probably 40 to 45 range, but he's good. He's good, and it's one that we're going to be like, all right, let's. it's a step up, but it's not much of a step up, and it's a guy that's really going to push the pace on him and really going to test him. Just beat Michael Johnson in a crazy fight. Jamie Malarkey. Jamie Malarkey, let's just do that. I think they're ranked right around the same. Malarkey's probably like, at least in my eyes, like five or six spots higher, because I just—I mean—the resume is just so much better than Patty's in terms of who he's beaten. The win over Michael Johnson is going to age way better than Patty beating Jordan Levitt. And I know a lot of people think like I'm just dumping on Patty. I'm not. I'm not. This is Patty has found a niche. This is what you do. This is this is WWF superstars. You have a competitive main event up top. You mix in a, like a fun thing here and there, but the majority of these shows should be squash matches. It should be matches where your, your talent that you're trying to get over just gets over more and more. And throwing Patty in there with anybody much higher than where you and I are both at, I mean, it just makes no sense. Throwing him in there with Pop Bobby Green is a terrible idea. Throwing him in there with Kutata Latze is a horrendous idea. Throwing him in there with Jalen Turner is just horrible. Like, just come on people like we know what we're dealing with here we're not building a world champion we're building a star in that specific region of the world the ufc wants to go back there two or three times a year and this man should be on every single card in a position to win every single fight that moment and what he did on saturday made the card if that doesn't happen this card is not memorable at all except for the main event and we're going to be like oh that card stunk but that well, you moment, get the one yeah. You would get the one highlight with McCann, but you people get would Molly. not talk about yeah. But they wouldn't talk about the card in general. They'd be like, "All right, let's take that clip. We're gonna loop that later, and uh, let's toss out the rest." <laughs> yeah, it's thank toss you, Molly. Thank you, Molly. But I mean, this is what you do. Like, this is what the UFC needs to do. And do not push this man too fast. Do not 
Do not put him on a, on a path to win a title. Like, just don't do that. Like, don't do that. He can make a fine career and a fine living and be a big star by just doing what he did on Saturday against guys like that. It doesn't matter who he fights, folks. It doesn't matter who he fights. And and uh, if he falls bass backwards into a title shot someday, hey, more more more's more's the merrier. You know what I mean? More's the whatever wise. What's the phrase anyway? Like you I never said. know. You never know. Like, like I said, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't be their intention. They shouldn't be like, how do we scale up the rankings? It's like, who cares? No, <laughs> it's no. not important. No. Uh, but I like Malarkey. I like the Malarkey choice, Mike. Uh, Malarkey never been submitted before. However, I would also say has never, or at least not for a while, maybe, has at least not in the UFC, has not fought a grappler as aggressive and as good as Patty Pimblet. So I, I do like the matchup. I do I actually do like that, the style matchup. And and uh, our rankings are, are in key, because you said 40, 40-ish range. Yeah, I have uh, Malarkey at 49. There you, so go. there you go. Perfect. Yep. Let's go to, I'm going to make this one easy, because I only have like 10 minutes or so before I have to oh, run gosh. to the okay. gate. But uh, okay. I'm just, I'm taking two guys off the board in one yep. shot uh, at the light heavyweights. I'm just going to pair them up. Nikita Krylov, Volkan Ozdemir, both had wins, both look great. Both are back, baby. So I'm just pairing those two guys up, and uh, what a sad thing. Just going on Twitter and finding out that Gus, Alexander Gustafson, just got bolted in, what, was it 67 seconds? Yep. Ugh, just sad, man. Just He's sad. not back. He's not back, uh, AK. I, I know you're excited about that. Definitively not back. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I thought there was something left. I think he might be done. Uh, I went a different direction for both those guys, Mike. I like Krilov versus Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill winner, August 6th. And I like Uzdemir versus, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm sorry, your your, your uh, chosen Dominic Reyes opponent. I like Uzdemir versus Dustin Jacoby. No. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Oh. Wrong. Oh. Wrong. No, that is definitely not a friend's forever moment. <laughs> oh, no. We're, we, we might have to take a breather from each other for like three weeks after that pick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, 205 is, is fun. Either of those work. So if they do Ozebear versus Dustin Jacoby, I'm just going to – I'll be, like, terrible matchmaking on Twitter, and then I'll, oh. be, I'll be like Chris Curtis and be like, all right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my, my bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on to Molly McCann because, again, she just she, – she fought like a minus 410 favorite, and I have said publicly she should not be a minus 410 favorite against anybody. Uh, but she treated Hannah Goldie accordingly. I don't think the crowd in, like, London and all that, I don't think that affected Jordan Levitt that much. You could tell that Hannah Goldie was like, oh, my God, where am I right now? Like, this is just too much. And then Molly McCann, great performance, just overwhelmed her and lands lands another elbow and gets it done, gets the big finish. She jumps out of the cage. She's ripping hollow head shots in the crowd, watching Patty fight. I mean, what a night for Molly McCann. Meatball Molly's just becoming... Just a treasure for this company and in this division. She called out Antonita Shevchenko. Do you like that call out? Is that the direction we're going here? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. I think the I, I think I found the perfect matchup for her. It, it, is it not Tracy Cortez? Is, 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 is like does that I not thought... like headline a fight night in God? God help us if they if they went to. I mean, assuming of course Patty wasn't. Let's say Patty couldn't make it. For, no, actually they wouldn't do a show there without Patty. It makes no sense. But. uh It'd be a very high-profile fight. Is that? Not, I mean, is that? Does that not make the most sense? Certainly, a winnable opponent, someone with a very good record. Um, the only problem is someone else. I think the UFC probably would like to push to some degree, but I don't think to the level they wouldn't match up with McCann to create like kind of a very like uh, cool matchup on paper and, and and one that I think people would definitely tune in for. So I like. I think Tracy Cortez is like the perfect option. I like that pick. I thought for sure we were about, we were about to sing Friends Forever, and I was going to get lots of looks from the people here at, <laughs> at Wahlburgers. Um, but that is not the case. I'm right around the same. I ant I, I, to the Antonina Shevchenko one as well. Eh. Like I know Miranda Maverick had some things to say, and Molly responded to that. And Miranda's a good pick. Mm-hmm. The correct answer is J.J. Aldridge. Like, this is the time. Yeah. Like, J.J.'s a perfect, a perfect next step. I am yes. way higher on Molly as a fighter than I am Patty. And there's nothing wrong with that. Most of that's because of the divisions that they're both in. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Molly's, like, not even in danger in these fights. Like, Patty's getting rocked and getting and losing rounds. Molly's just Molly's just crushing people. Like, she's just... Her, being in London just makes her a fighter. Now, do I think Molly McCann's going to be fighting for a UFC title? Probably not. But they could they could fast track her. It's very possible. So I, I actually liked the Antonina call out. I've said for a long time, like if you're gonna get after if you're gonna try to fast track yourself to Valentina, you call out the sister, and if you beat the sister, 
then the sister might want to try to get some revenge on you. Uh, so I like the approach. I don't think the UFC is going to go that route. In fact, I think Molly absolutely wrecks Antonina Shevchenko. Like, this fight is not even competitive or close at all. Yeah. Um, but I like the call. But J.J. Yeah. Aldrich, I think if we're, if we're trying to build her up, I think J.J. is a good opponent because J.J. is going to be tough. Molly's going to have to deal with some adversity. And I would probably pick Molly to win in the end, especially if it's in London. But she's going to get, she's going to get, she's not going to go in there and spinning elbow J.J. Aldrich unconscious. It's just not going to happen. So uh, I'm a fan of that matchup. The only reason I didn't go with it is I want McCann to get a little bit bigger jump in the rankings. And I actually have Cortez a few spots ahead of Aldrich. I mean, I've wanted to see that fight happen forever. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. I don't think anytime soon. But uh, so, yeah, so I just I have Cortez a little bit higher. So I aimed higher with my pick. But um, yeah, Aldrich makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, I, I do like that matchmaking from a UFC perspective because it's a win-win. Molly wins, big shot in the arm. And mm -hmm. if Tracy wins, you can just keep pushing her. It's a big win for her. So, yeah, I like it a lot. So let's head to the bat let's head to the wild card round before I have to head on out of here. Mm -hmm. AK is going to stick around and answer your questions. Yes. And, uh Distribute and, some and points. I got, I got some points to distribute this week, Mike. Oh, it's he, yes. and I'm not around, so I can't. I can't, can't judge me. this. So whatever no, AK does, <laughs> however, however AK doles out these points, I can't stop him. I cannot stop the band. So uh, we're going to match for somebody we have not match made for yet. So AK, who's it going to be? Uh, Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis, listen, uh, bad night, bad night. I ad I admonished him on Twitter, as m many others did. But, I mean, it's not the worst night ever. He said, like he said, like he said he's lost before. He's had these kind of outbursts before he knows he knows that these things happen in the octagon and it's not you know he's not always going to carry himself in the best way should he know better by now this deep into his career probably but he is who he is he is who he is um and he did apologize and hopefully we get a funny video with him and jack or something soon because um yeah that, that made us feel a little bit bad inside for a second but curtis time to, it's time to go back to 170. mike we've been saying this for a while like st hey stick at 185 as long as you're winning why would you drop back down like he's he, he's a welterweight but he's you keep winning just go for it he lost Now's the time to take a step back. I don't see why he needs to fight at 185 again. 170, Nico Price. Ooh. That's a good one. That's a good pick. I like that pick a lot. In fact, I will ask Nico Price about that selection because I'm going to be speaking with him, uh, I believe, on Tuesday. So stay Look tuned for that. Uh, I was supposed to speak to him last week, and I don't know what happened, but he didn't. I sat in the Zoom room all by myself for a long time <laughs> and then found Stir out. the pot, Mike. Yeah. Stir the pot. So... Get ready, get ready, the hybrid. We're gonna be talking. Maybe we could, maybe we could add showing up to interviews on time to your hybrid resume. Okay. I'm just kidding. Right. I'm just joking. I like Nico. I'm gonna bust his balls a little bit. That's all right. Uh, but we're gonna put some respect on JSP's name. And let me just say mm. this, JSP. I don't care if I'm calling anybody out. You know who, who the only person I believe on the MMA fighting staff who picked you to beat Makwan Americani oh was? This guy right here. I picked you. I picked what? you. What a petty end to this segment of the show. What a petty end. Who, who is he? Mike, who is he fighting? Who, who is he fighting? I mean, come on. He's fighting Charles Jordan. That's the correct answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of that. JSP Jordan. That is that is the fight. Like, those Four two are just going to beat the brakes off each other. It's going to be tremendous theater. Tremendous Four theater. Four straight wins for JSP, Mike. And, and, and the loss was to Joel Lozano at lightweight. So, yeah. since dropping back down to 145. 4-0 in the UFC. 4-0. People like pe people were just like, oh, this guy's dog shit after the Joe Lozon fight. But ever since, it's time to stop sleeping on the man. The next time he's he yeah, I, and I would favor him to beat Charles Jordan. That's how highly I, I think JSP JSP's a dog, man. He is a dog, just like good. just like Charles is. So love that fight a lot. I think it's a good step up for him, and I think it makes all the sense in the world. Jordan coming off the, the loss. I know a lot of people don't agree with titling that fight a loss to Shane Burgos, but. JSP's just crushing it right now. So, yeah, let's give him a name. Let's give him something a little bit bigger. And I love that one. Love that one. Respect. 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 Good job, JSP. Good fight. Good performance. He should be remembered a little bit more. That man saved the prelims, AK. That man saved the prelims. Because that would have been, <laughs> that would have probably, without that finish, that might have been the worst prelims ever. Like we're we Come were in, we were in that conversation from shout outs D, shout outs D1 Mark Jacuzzi again two wins two wins in a row now for for D1 Mark Jacuzzi. <laughs> I mean that's what a lot of people are saying They're like oh boy I, every time I jumped on Twitter it was just these prelims suck it's horrible and then thank you JSP for saving us all this is terrible but there you go 
Uh, so I have to get out of here, AK. I have right. to get out of here. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for shuffling thank things you. around. No, thank you. Thank right, you, thank my you. friend. I, I, I will handle all the all the listener picks, the check the tapes, the, the previewing next next uh, weekend's card. I'm all, I'm all over it. Yes, UFC 277, baby. And uh, that should be a fun show. Probably a live show as well. So get okay. excited for that. Get excited for that. AK, thank you, my best friend. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, my best friend. Safe travels. All right, we'll be back right after these words. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everyone. Let's uh, let's see how we get along now without Mike's steady hand to guide us as usual. Uh, thanks again to Mike for taking time out of his trip uh, and spending it with us and giving us his amazing picks and amazing insights. So uh, safe travels home, Mike. And uh, shout outs to, of course, the rest of the, the Heck clan. Uh, let's go to check the tapes here. You guys are going to be really happy this week. We have points. We have points for a couple of lucky individuals and uh, some, some points that we can all share together. So, first of all, David Schmidt. Shout outs to you, sir, for Amanda Lemoche versus Marina Rodriguez, uh, which is going down UFC 280, October 22nd. Well done. And at UFC MMA Newsnet, who I haven't heard from a while, so this pick is from some time back. Uh, I'm going to give them the point, though, for Johnny Walker versus Yuan Kuchalaba, which goes on UFC 279, September 10th. So well done to you. If you're out there at UFC MMA Newsnet, let me holler at me in my uh, in my DMs again. Haven't, haven't heard from you in a while. And uh, your point is on the way regardless. And listeners, well done. Well done on David Onama versus Nate Landwer, which was uh, rebooked. Well, it was never really officially booked, but it definitely had been targeted and essentially, I think, verbally agreed to. Um, before getting postponed, but it has been postponed officially now to UFC San Diego, August 13th. And uh, big one, guys, big one. A lot of you wanted to see Mateusz Gamrat get that step up in competition, specifically against one Mr. Benil Dariush, and you got your wish. Again, uh, another huge fight added to that stacked UFC 280 card. All right, listeners, uh, let's get down to your part of the show. Standard disclaimer. Categories rule for hot no points. Uh, if you are the only one that I saw make a pick, I'm giving you a point. Please, people, watch your mistakes. Wrong weight class. Did these two people fight already recently? Uh, is there a notable injury? And we know that person shouldn't be matched up anytime soon. Has the person been released? No longer with the UFC. Uh, could the fighter already be booked? Very easy to check, guys. Use SureDog. Use Topology. Uh, check MMA Fighting News. Whatever you got, uh, there's so many ways to check. We had a couple of these uh, this week, as we do every week. Uh, some people are teammates. This one's a little bit trickier, and Mike and I often forget as well. Plus, you know, fighters move around all the time, but some of them are pretty obvious. That they're not going to fight, so please just note that. Uh, and most importantly, guys, your pick just might be doo-doo, and we don't want to read it. 
biggest one this week was I saw a lot of Molly McCann versus Joanne Wood. Joanne Wood, I mean, is essentially banned from the show for now. She has said she's planning to take time off. Now, that doesn't mean that she wouldn't come back for the right fight. Maybe uh, maybe a big fight with Molly McCann uh, would get JoJo to sort of, you know, to stop her, little bit, her uh, vacation here and decide to fight again sooner rather than later. But let's at least make a note of that, guys, that uh, Joanne Wood is probably taking a well-deserved break. Um, so we don't know when she'll be back. Popular picks, unsurprisingly, everyone was almost unanimous that Curtis Blaze should just fight the Gone Tuivasa winner. You know, again, Mike and I already kind of talked about all the reasons for this. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on it. And um, listen, it, it just makes sense for an interim title fight or whatever, number one contender uh, for our, whatever happens with uh, with Francis Ngannou. I think interim title, I still think interim title fight, like for sure. Hermanson versus uh, Andre Muniz, very popular pick. Hermanson kind of, I guess, that gatekeeper now. So people are really... Uh, Really into that, and who knows? He strings another. He strings together enough wins. You see a nice resurgence for for Hermanson. Till, of course, rebooking that fight was another popular option. For Patty Pimblett, uh, I saw Matt Frivola, Clay Guida, Alexander Hernandez. I know that's a matchup a lot. Uh, I think Mike and a lot of you guys have loved for for some time. I love it too. I think it's very logical for both guys. Guida, by the way, was a popular pick for a lot of the lightweights on here. Jacizi, uh I can't remember who else I saw him for. Who else uh, won at lightweight? Uh, Ludovic Klein, I think some people mentioned. Someone mentioned. So yeah, there's some there's a lot of Clay Guida love. I could see that. He just he could really almost match up with almost anyone at this point. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, what else was probably Jonathan JSP, Jonathan Pierce, Darren Elkins, Charles Rodin, Ricardo Hamos, Mokayev. A lot of options for this young man as well. Of course, the sky's the limit. It just depends how fast you want to push him. Most popular I saw was Tim Elliott. Uh, what a veteran test that would be, but also I think stylistically people see that as a very, very winnable fight. Elliot, an incredibly impressive grappler, um, very tricky to deal with on the ground. Makayev's wrestling game is so solid, so solid, so advanced for his age. Uh, and he's, a, as uh, Jed and I always say, he's a plus athlete. Makayev looks like, I mean, flyweight is full of a, of, a great, of really good athletes, and I think Makayev is like in the upper tier of that. So that's going to take him a long way. But the pick I also really liked that people suggested was uh, Jeff Molina. Um, into that, I'm, I don't no need to protect these guys. Throw them in there. Someone's got to take a, a UFC loss. It's fine. It happens. Won't hurt either guy's career, and it just be a really, really good scrap and a gauge of uh, you know which one of these prospects is is further along. Uh, Jai Herbert got Favola as well. Euros Medici that was a very popular pick for Herbert. Uh, some other popular ones: Victoria Leonardo, Luana Carolina, and Nicholas Dalby versus Munir Lozez. All right, going to individuals here. Al Pal. Tristan Gordet with some excellent picks. Let's start it off here. Pimblet versus Ricky Glenn. I think I might have seen this from more than one person. Nathaniel Wood versus Bill Algio. What a featherweight banger that would be. Gosh, Nathaniel Wood would look so impressive on Saturday. And uh, the door really is open for him uh, for a, a lot of good matchups at 145. He, he, he still had a lot of good matchups at 135, but it sounds like he wants to he wants to stay at 145, and I think he should, given the results. Very impressive win. Uh, against uh, Charles Rosa, tough guy to put away, and uh, I think he's ready for a step up. Algio would be a big step up. And uh, Jonathan Pierce versus Tucker Lutz. Romelo Reyes, uh, Nicholas Dalby versus Gunnar Nelson. I'm into it. Uh, Shoutouts to Ultimate Fighter 30. This is how you knew I was going to mention this one. Victoria Leonardo versus the Juliana Miller Brogan Walker winner, and as I'm sure all of you know, that is the Ultimate Fighter 30 finale which is going down sorry guys i gotta look this up uh that is going down it is not the ultimate fighter 30 like finale that is not the name of the event uh it is it is being put on an existing card maybe they'll rebrand it i doubt it but it is the uh august 6th ufc apex card uh headlined by tiago santos and jamal hill so for anyone who missed that news which again i know none of you did it was front page news everyone everyone was talking about it on social media Ultimate Fighter 30 finale on August 6th. And uh, yes, the flyweights uh, that are participating in that are Juliana Miller and Brogan Walker. Uh, Brogan Walker, probably familiar, more familiar, more of you. She, uh, she had some nice fights in Invicta. Ludovic Klein versus Vyacheslav Borshev. Molly McCann versus Macy Barber. I don't know if it was Romella who felt so strongly about this. Yes, all caps. The only fight to make is Macy Barber. I, I don't know if it's the only fight to make. I do like the matchup. Uh, Pimblet. It's time to make him fight the Georgian, but not Toporia. Give him Guram Kutatlatse. Yeah, I think that makes a little more sense for Pimblet. 
right now. Not that Kutatlatse is an easy win by any means, but you know what? Neither was Jordan Levitt. And I think, I know I'm a broken record at this point, Pimblet's a better fighter than people, than people think. It's certainly disproportionate to his fame, etc., etc. Um, but I think that is a really good matchup. I, I'm a little hesitant. I would probably still favor Kutatlatse, just like I favored Levitt. But hey, I favored Levitt, and Levitt got choked out. So, uh, what are the odds? Never tell me the odds, right? Uh, Hermanson versus Brunson. I like that. Uh, Casey Carpenter, always with the nice messages and words of support. Thank you, Casey. And one pick that stood up for me from here. Makaya versus Matt Schnell. That is right in the uh, Tim Elliott wheelhouse for me as far as like what a big step up that would be. So I love I love the possibility of that fight. Going to IG. Otno and MMA fighting memes. Our pal, Michael Conifrey. Follow the Otno and MMA fighting memes uh, IG page, by the way, guys, if you are not. It's hilarious. Pimblet versus Jai Herbert. Sure. Englishman on Englishman crime. Why not? Why not? Uh, Mokayev versus... Askar Askarov, my goodness. Just throw him in there. We're just doing that. We're just doing that. We're that high in this guy as a prospect. Uh, Michael says, put him right into contention. Give him an exciting fight. Could be a main event of a fight night or even put on a, uh, maybe on a pay-per-view. What a showcase that would be. This is my words now. What a showcase that would be for young Mikhaev, uh if he could beat Askarov, which is far from guaranteed. And Nathaniel Wood versus Edson Barbosa, and Michael says he just wants to see a guy who used to, who was recently fighting at bantamweight fight a uh, fight a former lightweight. I don't think it would look as weird as you think. I think Nathaniel Wood's pretty big. Um, Garrett Trammell has a suggestion actually, not a pick. It says call this the Paul Craig rule. It's a reverse stand up. Uh, I know a lot of people weren't happy with uh, with. I guess Uzdemir's reluctance to grapple with Paul Craig, but why wouldn't he? I, well, I'm sorry, why would he? I mean, he was kind of handling him in the, he was handling him on the feet, and just like why would he have to, you know, go down there? But Garrett Trammell says there could be a rule that should make pe- that should make people engage grapplers. You know, kind of like how there's a stand up that that helps strikers, right? If the opponent doesn't take a forward step for 30 seconds, the grappler gets top position. <laughs> If the grappler can and can't advance position for in the next thirty seconds, then you stand them up. So it promotes finishes on both sides. Hashtag PCR Paul Craig rule. Uh, I hit him with a thinking emoji, and I, I, you know what? I don't really have a response for that. I'm gonna let you guys think about that too. Uh, I, I believe it's, uh, you know, tongue firmly in cheek, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> and that would that not also apply to the Chris Curtis Jack Hermanson fight? If Chris Curtis just hung back, would he get? Uh, would he get to get top position on Jack Hermanson if Jack Hermanson kept circling and sort of, uh, you know, fighting a more evasive style? Uh, I, I don't think that's how the role is intended to be used, but I do think that was funny. Matt Bradbury coming with a, a ton of good picks. I really like Jacuzzi versus Klein. Uh, I really like Krilov versus Rockage. Of course, we don't know what's going on, you know, with Rockage's uh, leg injury. But he's been optimistic. He's like, you know, fingers crossed he can come back end of 2022, early 2023. I don't know if I'm so convinced. I mean, he might be ready to train by then, but ready to take a fight by then. I don't know. On the other hand, Krilov uh, might wait for a fight like that if he thinks it's possible. So I doubt it. I do think we see Krilov fight for the end of the year and uh, might not be Rockage. But I don't think it's it's impossible. So uh, Matt Bradbury, solid pick. And you're probably getting a point if, uh, if that one comes up. I don't think I saw anyone mention that. James Sherwood, thoughts on which main event fighter will get injured next week? Come on. Come on. How horrific would it be, guys? If Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes, the rematch, uh, ended in just an anticlimactic injury. I mean, we've seen this we've seen this story happen before. Let us not forget Chris Weidman's incredible upset of Anderson Silva in their first fight. Pretty clear-cut win to me. I mean, people still look at that first fight and go, like, oh, Anderson was clowning too much. and da, da. He clowns in every fight, okay? So he clowned and he got caught by Weidman. Weidman was, the be- was legitimately the better man in the first fight. Probably legitimately the better man in the second fight. He was winning up until Anderson Silva recorded one of the ugliest leg breaks in, in MMA history uh, after uh, Weidman checked one of his kicks. So uh, I don't know if that was definitely anticlimactic, but at least I think we got, what, two rounds out of that one, if I if I remember correctly. It wasn't it didn't end in, you know, 15 seconds like the UFC London main event. So uh, horrible thing to ask, James Sherwood. Don't you put that evil on any of us. Um I'm looking at the Anderson Silva. Yeah, two rounds. Just a little bit into the second round before Anderson got injured. So, I fingers crossed nothing weird like that happens. I can just imagine like a finger slipping out of place or like a John Jones, like bloody toe ending the fight. Um, 
I hope Pena and Nunez get get another at least a shot at, at 25 minutes, um, even if it ends up going like the last fight where, you know, Pena just outlasted Amanda Nunez and wins second, third round. Give us that, you know, give us that. Um, horrible question. Uh, James also rec- is asking about uh, Hermanson versus Paulo Costa Rockhold winner. Oh, Jack Hermanson would love that fight. If you're him, don't book anything before August 20th. Wait to see how that one plays out. You don't have to wait that long, Jack. That's uh, just a month away. Nikita Krilov versus the Tiago Santos Jamal Hill loser. Uh, like I said, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of uh, him fighting the winner of that fight. But uh, yeah, I saw a lot of people suggesting one one or the other. McCann versus Andrea Lee. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think it's a good way to get up the rankings. Uh, Klein versus Jim Miller. Nathaniel Wood versus Camuela Kirk. Uh, Nicholas Dalby versus Alex Morano. Matthew Semmelsberger winner. UFC 277, July 30th. I bring this up specifically because I did want to see Murano, uh fight. I thought Murano and Dolby was like a really good matchup. So I did not. I was not aware he'd been matched up. So thank you, uh, James Sherwood, for letting us up, reminding us that, that fight is happening. Uh, MMA heads again a slew of good picks. I won't read them all. Uh, Klein versus Ricky. Uh, Klein versus Ricky Glenn. So we saw Pimler versus Ricky Glenn before. Jacizzi versus Claudio Puyas. A bone crusher. You want to wrestle? You're a wrestler now? Go to the ground with this man, submission expert. Uh, we'll see how effective. We know Jacizzi can wrestle. We know he can maintain top control. Can he do damage and defend against a guy with Quayas' ground game? I would love to see that. So MMA has excellent pick there. Pierce versus Alex Caceres. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Mokayev versus the Amir Abazi. Francisco Figueredo winner. That fight's going down. UFC 278, August 20th. Leonardo versus Jasmine Jazdevizius. And Nicholas Dalby versus the Michael Morales. I hope I remember this person's name. Michael Morales versus Adam. I think I believe it's Adam Fugit. Yes, Adam Fugit, who makes his debut against uh, Morales. Uh, on at UFC 277. So it's just around the corner. Uh, Marcus with a nice spreadsheet as always. A couple of unique picks here. Molly McCann versus Karini Silva and Mokaya versus David Dvorak. Brandon Haley, Pimblet versus the Nazrat Hockprost. John McDessie winner, UFC Paris, September 3rd. Excellent job, guys. And then let's go to Twitter real quick here. We got so many Twitter suggestions. Um, let me, of course, hit up a first timer, Soz Betts. That's S-O-Z, Soz Betts. Uh, what's up, AK? First time submitting some picks. Hopefully they aren't doo doo. Love the show. Uh, I actually can't read all these out because one of I think one of them was a bit doo doo ish. So so bets. I, I I won't say it, but some it is involves someone being matched up. I think. Anyway, uh, Mokaya versus winner of Malcolm Gordon Alan Nascimento. Oh, here's the one I'm skipping over because they they are matched up. Makwan Yarmir Khani versus Chase Hooper or Ryan Hall if he wasn't banned from the show. <laughs> Mark Chikizzi versus Clay Guida. Patty Pimblett versus Leonardo Santos. Win, lose, or draw versus Jared Gordon. Well done, Sos Betts, for remembering that Jared Gordon is booked to fight Leonardo Santos. Uh, UFC 278, August 20th. And uh, Hermanson versus Muniz. Again, that was a really popular pick. David Schmidt. Chris Curtis. Uh, coming off a loss. Should fight Derek Brunson. Pimblett versus Selecki. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I agree. Uh, Volkan Uzdemir versus... Ryan Spann, Nathaniel Wood versus Danny Chavez, Leonardo versus Courtney Casey, Klein versus the McKinney, and Eric Gonzalez winner August 6th. That's a good one. At Someone's Online, Nathaniel Wood versus Steven Peterson. Sorry, guys. Uh, just having to respond to a, a, a message here. A message here from my best friend, actually. So he's, uh, he's just in, in transit. So one moment. Uh, all right. Uh, what else we got here, guys? What else we got? You guys, you guys are way too diligent with your picks. I don't know where you find the time. Braden O'Neill, uh, Pimblet versus Chris Gritzmacher. What else do I like here? Klein versus Malarkey, great fight. Nathaniel Wood versus Cub Swanson. Victoria Leonardo versus Hannah Goldie. I guess I don't know. I'm sure. I think Hannah Goldie probably gets another fight. Why not Victoria Leonardo? Uh, Nicholas Dolly versus Chaos Williams. Oh, mama. Nicklinville, our our uh, aspiring MD, 
in Michigan State. Just wanted to give his weigh-in quickly on Aspinall's injury. This is uh, pretty much corroborating what they said on the broadcast and what I've seen a lot of people saying online. Uh, Nick says this is a, it looked like an MCL. Looked like an MCL. Of course, this is you know just you know basing it on what you saw on TV. But uh, he says looked like he was holding the inside of the knee, so the uh, medial collateral ligament could be the culprit. Yeah. Well, uh, ha- hopefully nothing too serious for Aspinall, but I do think got to be at least what six months a year those ligaments are uh ligament injuries you can't play around right john ray i normally read out by mike but uh i got you this week john mokaya versus sumu dierji i like that matchup a lot uh mccann versus aldridge hermanson versus paulo costa specifically doesn't matter what happens against rockhold uh i could see that that might make sense actually yeah even if he loses you do him and paulo costa and uh blades versus miocic find a way to make this happen blades has wanted this fight for so long all right, I'm going to read two of my favorite picks here coming up. Francesco. Pimblet versus Tony Ferguson. Let that sink in. Guys, how much does Tony Ferguson have left? DM me, guys. I'd love to know. DM me if you're listening to the show. Give me your opening odds for a Pimblet versus Ferguson fight. Who do you think's favored by how much? I assume Tony Ferguson would still be significantly favored at least like minus 175 opening and given his name value moved to 200 by the by fight night or closer minus 190 but pimblet is so famous right now he's got this big barstool bump too he's got the barstool bro money coming in on him maybe he opens the favorite i don't know guys i'm still i'm still a novice i love talking odds but i'm still a novice to the whole no bets barred thing Shout out to Jen Mishu and uh, Connor Burke. So don't trust me with odds making, but I am very curious how it would open. Maybe maybe it's just close. Maybe maybe it opens to pick them. I don't know. Maybe that's how how high Pimblet's name has come, and how uh, how much little trust people would have in Tony Ferguson at this stage of his career, especially coming off that extremely ugly Michael Chandler knockout. But uh, please let me know, guys. Hit, hit me up in the DMs, and I'll uh, remind me remind me. I'll, I'll read out your uh, odds suggestions on next on the next show. And I also like I love this pick from Ain't No Expert from McCann. If this former UFC champion is sticking around, she has made no comment. I mean, she had a tough loss on the last show, but has made no comment about thinking about retirement. If she did, it wouldn't surprise me. If she's fought again like two, three more times, it wouldn't surprise me either. How about McCann versus Misha Tate? Great name value in Misha as an opponent. Uh, certainly, you could you could make that a main event of a fight night, depending where the card was uh, and who else was on the card. Easily a co-main on a show. And I think a winnable fight for McCann, frankly. Barry O'Reilly. I wanted to read this. Uh, Barry O'Reilly said... I swear, I, guys, I keep fair track of these. You know. uh, been, been meaning to ask, as a fan of the jiu-jitsu, which I am, noted, do you train the singular martial art? You know what, guys? I, I, I trained very briefly for a couple of months. Very briefly, somewhat intensely for a couple of months uh, in Winnipeg for a while. This is so long ago that it doesn't even matter anymore. And whatever I may have learned there has definitely got atrophied and gone, whatever those skills are. But it was so much fun. Uh, we did a lot of... It was it was like a one of those mixed martial arts schools, like sort of this gym that kind of popped up, you know, to specifically teach the mixing of the martial arts. So there's some jiu-jitsu, very little wrestling, a lot of kickboxing, as you can imagine. People kind of go... That's the one most of the people go and have fun doing is sort of the kickboxing. Um... So yeah, and and uh, and also a decent amount of jujitsu. So I got a taste of it, but I mean, I really know very little. Um, I would like to just train just in jujitsu, just in jujitsu someday, and I'm sure I would look uh, fantastic regularly wearing a gi. So, uh, Barry likes Nicholas Dalby versus Ian Gary. Big step up for Gary, but also someone who he can maybe put away in the first round, as Dalby is a notoriously slow starter. I don't think anyone can put away Dalby that early. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I'm going to just take a quick look at how many first-round losses Dolby has. Oh, he's never been finished. So, don't know I agree with that assessment. <laughs> uh, what else was some good ones here from Barry? Nathaniel Wood versus Charles Jordan. Uh, Krilov versus Jamal Hill. Tiago Santos, loser. And Pimblet versus Michael Johnson. Again, that was a pop- that's been a popular pick for a while. Still makes sense. Still makes sense. I got no problem with it. Toby Kinsella, Klein versus Guida, Nathaniel Wood versus Melsic Bagdasarian. That is fire. John Herbert versus Scott Holtzman. Thomas Collins, Nathaniel Wood versus Akeem Dawadu. Uh, Mokaya versus Kopp. This will be fireworks. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly, I kind of like Mokaya in that one too. McCann versus... 
Guys, we've seen a lot of uh, McCann versus Antonina. How do you feel about McCann versus Valentina now? Valentina wants a new challenge, has taken out everyone else in the top 15. I can see them booking this one. I hope they don't. I think it would have to be a replacement thing. Uh, it, it would be as a replacement opponent. And if I'm McCann, I wouldn't jump at that right now. She said herself, specifically at Saturday's press conference, uh, I'm not Valentina ready. Those like were her exact words. So, But I, I do like the idea. All right, guys. Uh, let me just run through some of these real quick again. Uh, time actually is limited today, even for me. Guys, I don't know if I... Yes, listen. I'll uh, uh, First of all, I'm Marcus McGahey. Shout out. Calling this the... Either the morning Nathaniel edition. Think about it, guys. Cheeky. Cheeky, Marcus. Or otherwise known as the AK Lee as seen on TV edition. Yeah, uh, I, I got a tweet on the screen. Some blatant uh, Michael Bisping uh, butt kissing for his, his hilarious GSP impression. And I also tweeted, that might be the first time since uh, Dana White's infamous, uh, uh, you know, we, we conquered the world uh, during COVID video. Uh, which I was prominently featured in. I don't. I think I, I, that's the first time that I've had a tweet on screen since then. So I don't know if it's coincidence uh, or I'm not remembering. But um, thank you, Marcus, for the uh, for the thought. Pimblet versus Pimblet versus the Christos Yagos Benoit Saint Denis winner September third. I like it. Uh, what else is good here? Mukaya versus Tagir Ulanbekov. Herbert versus uh, Chris Gritzmacher. Dalby versus Jack Della Maddalena. That's kind of cool. Alright guys, uh, I actually cannot read all these, but I will make note of them. Thank you guys, thank you uh, everyone who sends in picks. I apologize, I will get you next time. I might just shuffle the order around, because I, I admit it's not fair. I know some of you guys are sending it from different time zones, and I generally go like first come, first serve. But I do see all your picks. And uh, looking ahead to next week, we have UFC 277, Pena versus Nunes 2. Again, there's that rematch. Fingers crossed, guys, we get an actual main event, and uh, neither fighter suffers any sort of bizarre injury, and we get again. We get at least three, four, possibly five solid rounds of action. We'll see how this one goes. I know a lot of people are saying Pena just has Amanda Nunes' number, but Amanda Nunes, I think, still the greatest women's fighter of all time. She could, uh, you know, get that status back in the eyes of many if she handles Pena in a rematch uh, and possibly sets up a third fight. And then we have another rematch in the co-main, Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France for the interim flyweight title. You guys know I think this is a weird situation uh, to make a flyweight title for. Not the craziest, but hey, whatever, because these guys paid more money. I'm happy for it. But remember, people, they don't need to make interim title fights to pay people more money. Just They can just pay people more money. Derek Lewis versus fast-rising heavyweight Sergey Pavlovich. Love that matchup. Big test for Sergey and, a, and a, a big chance for him to just fly up the rankings. Alexandre Pantoja versus Alex Perez. Amazing matchup. Anthony Smith versus Magomed Ankalaev. Sick main card. Ankalaev very likely getting a title shot uh, if he beats Anthony Smith. Uh, and then on the prelims, we've got Alex Morano, Matthew Semmelsberger, Drew Dober versus Rafael Alves. Nikolai Negumarianu versus Ior Poteria. Uh, if his name sounds familiar, guys, because his his debut has been delayed like once, uh, a couple of times, at least once or twice, I think. So we'll finally get to see him fight. Orion Koski versus a Blood Diamond. I don't know who this Mike Mathitha guy is, but I keep seeing I keep seeing Mike Mathitha. Uh, it's Blood Diamond. All right, it's Blood Diamond. Uh, we have some other fights that are. Sorry, guys, I got to check this real quick because I just want to make sure. I'm looking at Wikipedia now, and we all know it's. Not always the most up-to-date and accurate. Uh, we got Gian, let me see, Gian Kim versus Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, I mentioned before, Michael Morales, Adam Fugit. Drakkar Close versus Hafa Garcia. And Dante May is taking on newcomer Hamdi Abdel Wahab. So uh, some some fresh names, some some lesser experienced people on the prelims, but also some straight-up bangers. Again, Morano, Semmelsberger, Dober, Alves will be really fun. Uh, so, so it could be some hidden gems here, but main card, very solid. Uh, that, of course, is going down in uh, at American Airlines Center in Dallas. So thank you, everyone. Uh, Mike will be back, fingers, I assume, next week. We'll probably do a live show, but again, I know, guys, it's been we've kind of been all over the place with when we're recording and the format of recording, but we will return to normalcy soon and, uh, and shine a light on the fighters and, of course, the other stars of the show yourself. So thank you, everyone. Uh, reach me on... Uh, Twitter at Alexander K. Lee, Instagram at Alexander K. K. Lee, and email uh, alex.lee at espionation.com. Guys, until next week, this has been On to the Next One, the podcast.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 